0: Independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening and welcome to Independence Day, the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight, on Independence Day... Morgan Margolis and Bruce Duff from Knitting Factory Entertainment. The new media environment is a tumultuous place. Many companies are holding on by diversifying. Record labels aren't just making records anymore. Morgan Margolis and Bruce Duff have eked out careers in a business that started out as a live music venue. Knitting Factory Entertainment then branched out into the record business and artist management. How do they keep expanding their media universe when the rest of the industry is contracting? Let's find out. Morgan, Bruce, welcome to Independence Day. It's good to have you here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. And this is Morgan on my right, and it's Bruce on my left. And uh, we're going to get rolling tonight. We're going to talk about all kinds of different things because you guys have, you guys have got like a media empire going. Why don't you give us just a quick rundown of exactly what it is? that you know, most people in LA know Knitting Factory from the venue, but tell us, tell us what the story is behind this.
1: Yeah, I guess the uh, the quickest story is Knitting Factory Entertainment. Uh, you know, originally was a venue in New York City in 1987. Expanded to Los Angeles in 2000, and um, we've really grown to five venues. We have venues in Boise, Spokane, Reno. We moved the Manhattan venue to Brooklyn, and then we opened up recently the Federal Bar, which is kind of a foray into the pub and restaurant world and entertainment upstairs. But we also have Knitting Factory Records, we're partners with Partisan Records, we have High Adventure Management, and uh, Figure 8 Media, and then we have Knitting Factory Touring, and uh, have our hands in Broadway shows. And uh, I just uh, partnered up with uh, Van Johnson from VJC, and we brought on uh, film and television management. So we are a 360-degree company. Yeah. Uh, and what, what don't you do? Um, concessions? I don't bartend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that lo- loosely just falls under the
0: concession umbrella.
1: I guess we do concessions as well. We, of course we do. Yeah. Just gotta sell that beer. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's, gonna, what's
0: what's the be, what's the best margin of all the stuff that you deal with?
1: Oh yeah. You know, food we, and beverage. Yeah. I mean I mean obviously it's it's uh it is food and beverage. You know, it's 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 a you know, the music business is a very tight margin. Yeah. It's very difficult and uh hence the reason I also put us into the bar and restaurant world was yeah. to kind of expand that margin, not just rely
0: right. on the music. Right, right, so now that we know that's a little bit of a background of the company, give me a quick uh you know you, you guys take turns uh, pick, you know we'll have maybe we'll start with Bruce like give us you know what's your you know what's your title with this organization because you work more on the management side exactly uh, yeah, you? I
2: do the day to day management stuff on the artists that we handle with high adventure, but I also uh, do the marketing with our venue that we have in Reno, uh, which is one of our three Concert rooms up uh, Pacific Northwest area On up there Which sort of form A little circuit Among themselves So Same talent buyer Runs them all He'll just run Groups through all Yeah All at once Like a subscription Kind of And uh, so that's turned Into a real handy thing And uh, All the clubs Are doing real well So that's a that's an equal Portion of what we do And what I do um, So that's it Combination of marketing and, and management
0: Yeah And how did you get started With Knitting Factory?
2: Well, uh, back in the day, I was actually DJing. Uh, when the club was on, on Hollywood Boulevard, I was DJing maybe two, three nights a week. And uh, that was through the booking agent, just kind of like supplementing the music that was going on. And at the same time I was doing that, I worked at a record company as a publicist, and they knew that publicists for the venue uh, left suddenly. And uh, I was asked, uh, do you want to do it? And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to work for a venue. But I came in and talked to them. They gave me a good deal. And the record business at that time, which would have been – that would have been summer 2001, Uh getting a little rocky. I thought, let's make this move, see what happens. So I came on board as the publicist for the club.
0: And you haven't looked back. Well,
2: I've looked back. But (laughs) (laughs) I haven't left or gone anywhere, you know, so it's – no, it's been a good company. I mean, definitely, as you heard, I mean, you know, I was the publicist. He was the bar manager at the one of two clubs right. that the company owns, neither of which are going anymore. So it's obviously grown and morphed into this whole
0: Diversification thing. is the key, man. That's what they told me when I got yeah. my business minor. That's the key. If you want a business to last, you have to diversify.
1: Agreed. Yeah, so, I think so.
0: Uh, and you are still... You're an active musician as well. I mean, it's it's, it's... its realized. We just realized when you rolled in here today that our paths have crossed numerous times yes. in the past. You used to play with Andy Baker in a band called...
2: Angus uh, Khan. Angus Kahn. Angus played Kahn. with uh, Sweet Justice. Uh, the Ads, of the side product, project of the adolescence. Uh, Simon Stokes, Jeff Dodds, a long list.
0: Yeah. Been around you, doing it for still a long Still time. Active, actively playing Yes, now. Wonderful. It's always great to have actual musicians in our midst as well. And now... Mr. Margolis, you look down upon this whole universe from on high. You are the CEO that's an impressive title for anybody to have nowadays I mean do you have a do you have like a knitting factory private jet with the kf on the on the tail like Martin do you hang with mark Cuban like what's what's it like at the top man?
1: you know uh, maybe someday with mark Cuban you know I, I mean the title is great it's it's a uh i i i don't look down from the top i kind of look down from the i look i look from the middle
0: look around it's,
1: i look around it's a very somebody said to me the other day uh, that i i uh, really talk about the company as an all equal encompassing entity that we all work together as one i mean i work my way up from you know managing bars I started, came out of college slinging drinks, working security. And so I, yeah, I'm sorry. So, and
0: uh, neither, are you, are you guys, you're not from out here. From, you're from back east. I'm from correct? New York. I'm New, York, from New York, and, York City. And how about you, Bruce?
2: Southern California boy born Native, and bred. Born and, uh, and bred. Riverside,
0: California. The, the dark lands, if you will. Indeed. Way out, way out in the, de- in the desert area. So what brought you, what brought you west?
1: I mean, I was an actor. I mean, I come from an acting family. I don't know if you know that. I mean, both my parents are actors. My father's a well-known character actor, Mark Margolis. And I, uh i was you know leaning towards uh continuing my acting career i came out here and as most actors i was running bars Mm -hmm. and uh i kind of strayed from that path as the years went on and stuck my hands deeper into management and uh moved on up through the company and knitting factory has been a great company and um you know went from uh you know, went from bar manager to GM to VP West to v- VP of National to the CEO over a certain amount of time.
0: Climbing that ladder, man.
1: Climbing the ladder. And, uh, you know, I guess there'll always be a piece of me that is uh, an actor. And that's yeah. why I brought on acting and, and uh, film and television management because my hands are back in that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, with Knitting Factory being as diversified as it is, like how many people – I mean, you know, you're looking around at these people. We won't say that you're looking down upon them. But, like, how many people are under your direct supervision?
1: You know, if you don't – I mean, there's probably 300 in the company, if uh-huh. we're talking bartender security cocktail, if we went down. But, you know, probably in the executive position, say, there's probably another 12 or 13. Uh-huh. But there's, it's divisionally that I'm I'm looking at different – you know, diversification is what I believe in wholeheartedly. And, and it's label, management, venues, touring. And I'm overseeing all of those divisions, which uh-huh. can get very – uh tiring and exciting at times it's all different revenue streams a record label is a much different world than when i'm looking at a at a venue or looking at a bar much easier world to look at venues and bars than it is to look at a record label
0: and i'm sure it's it's absolutely crucial for you to surround yourself with people that you trust in these positions because you know you've got experience probably more than others in each particular discipline and you need to be able to trust the person who comes to you from the you, know, you said you were a bar manager. Yeah. So, you know, if if, if you know, the, the the tally is off or whatever, like you've been in the trenches and you know what that means. Yeah, I mean I
1: I, I came from the operation side. I also had doubt, you know, have my hands in the film bis- business as a producer as well. But I, I I always surround myself I know the old joke is, you know, people that know more than you do, but I do, I try to make sure that each division they know more than I do. They should know more, more or as much, or I should, you know, we, we all have our specialty areas and we bounce ideas. I'll turn to Bruce all the time. If there's something that I'm missing on the label side, Uh you know, when I'm building out a venue, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's, I know what I'm doing. You know, when when I, when there's a a huge band on tour, I'll turn to Chris Moore, my senior buyer. He's got to be the one that's going to say, you know, we just did event sevenfold for 25 dates. He's got to be the one that's going to show me the revenue stream. I'm going to look at it. We're going to decide together. Um, but I've been doing it long enough where I have a real good handle on what's going on, but you have to have really good people. And, uh, you know, one of the things we'll kind of be
0: bouncing around as we talk about the different aspects of what you guys do today, you know, we want to make sure that this is kind of centered around music because, you know, that's kind of the heart of both what my show is. And ultimately, you know, all the people are there at these venues, you know, you might be making the biggest margin on the drinks, but they're there to see the band. You know, and so let's we're gonna we're gonna kind of tie in and bounce. We've brought in a bunch of different you know music from the artists that kind of you know you guys have managed or have played in your clubs or on the Knitting Factory Records label. So we're gonna touch on some of that. and I want to give give it a start right now with a little bit of that. So Bruce, set us up with this. This, this is Nikki Lang. Tell us a little bit about this uh, this artist. What's the story with this?
2: Well, certainly with Nikki and Jack Lippman and, and prima Donna, all of them. It, which is kind of why we started a management company we saw them all for the first time at the knitting factory Uh so you know you know it's perfect you have the artist coming to you because you have a venue so you're seeing great people all the time some stand out a little bit more than others Uh, Morgan actually found Nikki, and uh, a singer-songwriter very young uh, been playing since she was 11 actually (laughs) and uh, good guitar player good band leader and just constantly growing and developing, and, uh, you know, some of these girls, singer-songwriters, it's kind of hard to differentiate among them, but I think she's sort of found her own niche, especially with her youth, and kind of, in a way, talking to other kids her age just about you know right her life
0: the stuff that they talk about and,
2: and musically it's it's uh, pretty creative
0: and what is now def, uh, define this for me is she on your label is she managed manage by her. you you manage her okay yeah. okay so is she associated with a particular label i mean she's is he? well who's, i guess the bottom line is you know th- that can be extrapolated as who's bankrolling her for these these sessions and this record now, you're managing her but like who's providing capital do we well, know? It, does anybody know? Uh, well, we I will, uh,
1: we'll I will have to uh, uh, go to a commercial. No, defer we, to we, your we, lawyers. No, we. Um, there's a combination, honestly, of us, her family, herself. I mean, in terms okay. of on the management side, because we are. She's not on our label. I'm not saying she wouldn't be on our label. I mean, right. we're looking for a major label for her. There's certain artists that we have on KF Records and certain on Partisan. But when it comes to like a tour or a show, I mean, we kind of get together. And we go, okay, what's this going to cost? And, you know, a lot of it we bankroll, a lot of it her folks bankroll. So, I mean, it's it's an equal – it depends on what the
0: opportunity is. The model has changed. Like the Uh, the way it used to be is not the way it's done now. Like now, I mean, you have to draw on different – I hate to say revenue streams. It sounds so business school speak. But you have to draw on different resources to find investment capital to even put a record out. I mean, I can speak from personal experience in that regard. You know, you've got – what's the website? Kickstarter. People, a lot of people are using Kickstarter to start their record. Have you heard of this whole oh, yeah. I
1: Actually, yeah. it's 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 funny you say that, and we can stray away, but I looked at somebody's investment package on a bar the other day, and part of their investment was from Kickstarter. Yeah.
0: I mean, they're using it. Yeah, I should get those guys in here. We're I'll girls. tell you a quick story just <laughs> <so> <laughs> that's real fast yeah. on, this,
2: on this topic. Um, one of the uh, former GMs of the club and I were on the phone one day, and it happened to be a day – We had uh, one of these shows in the main stage of the Knitting Factory with like seven bands and they were all on either Epitaph or Vagrant or, you know, the bigger independent punk labels. They all had brand new back lines of the fanciest amps and biggest drums. They all had their own van, 15 passenger van. They all had their own trailer and we couldn't park them all. Yeah. We didn't have space to park them, and I'm just like on the phone with this guy. I go, okay, I know these labels, and they're making money, but I just don't think they're bankrolling all these bands to this limit. Where is the money coming from? His answer was direct, and I think it's true. Mom and Dad are the new record companies yeah. post-2000. And for, I think well, for it's
0: younger bands. a lot bands, of truth in that. Yeah, for younger bands. I mean, for older bands, it's credit cards.
1: Well, to, to clarify also is, yeah, on the management side, it's it's kind of a combination on the label side. No, we're when it comes to label, we're bankrolling. Yeah, flat we're, out. Like in the traditional record label. Yeah. It's just we're just not spending as much on the records. Yeah. I mean it's just well you don't
0: need to. And that's it's it's been streamlined. Yes. So it's been it's a benefit for the label now. Yeah. You know, and then and since you know oh eight when the whole bottom fell out of everything, everyone's figured out and whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, everyone's figured out ways to like do it even cheaper than they did before and figuring out that maybe we don't need ten bottles of cristal to overdub a tambourine. You know, maybe not. Anyway, let's let's leave that where it is. We'll come back and talk with you guys in just a second. I want to get some music rolling for you. This is Nikki Lang, who does work with the Knitting Factory umbrella. This is from her. What, do you know the name of this record? I don't have the copy in here. It's in the other room. Do you guys feel know? better? Feel better. Feel better. And this is like an EP, right? Yes, sir. Yep. You, know, you guys said her her full length record is at some point forthcoming, but this is an EP. Get this ready. This is to the go first. The tra- exactly. This is the first track from Nikki Lang on her EP. This is Bros Before Hoes on Independence Day.
3: Yourself on your teeth, you're bleeding as he goes. There goes your dream guy. Da dum da dum da dum da dum
0: Lang, an independent. Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. I am with you this Wednesday, and every Wednesday, 7 p.m. here on Lancer Radio. You can also check us out on the interwebs. We are www.joearmstrong.com/id, and that's a capital ID for Independence Day. It sounds like a mouthful, but it's pretty easy to follow. Also, we're on the Facebooks and the Twitters and all that kind of stuff. We're pretty easy to find. Every week, we bring you the finest music around Los Angeles. Also, music industry visionaries, people who we can talk about the way the business has changed, and it has changed. Tonight, we have in the studio with us, live, we have Morgan Margolis and Bruce Duff from Knitting Factory Entertainment, which is a, a small fiefdom you guys have got going on over there in Hollywood. Welcome again, gentlemen. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks again for having us.
0: Ah, that sounds a lot better. We did a couple little little mic tweaking <laughs> while you guys were off, uh, while you guys were listening to Miss, I guess it would be Miss Lang. She's 19 years old. Uh, we're not in Kentucky. So it is Miss <laughs> Lang. Uh, Bros Before host that from her EP. And so, let's see. We've, we've talked about the Knitting Factory. Let's talk about the venue, because that's how I first heard of Knitting Factory. Now, the venue is was three, it was like three and one.
1: Yeah, the original Knitting Factory in Hollywood had, a, had three rooms, had a, uh, the alternate lounge, which is about a 60-cap room. Then we had the front lounge, which was a 300-cap room. And then we had the main stage, which was a 600-cap room. And originally, when we opened that venue, the front room was supposed to be just a restaurant. And it wasn't working as a restaurant, so Uh we put a stage in. Uh And so we would have, you know, three to seven bands a night in each room running simultaneous, seven nights a week, almost the entire year, with different—you could have hip-hop, rock, and country all running at the same time. Yeah. So, did was, you now? Did you have an in
0: house? Well, you must have had a booking staff then of yeah, people we, to do this because I mean, it seems like that would be a Herculean task for one person to handle. Usually G- G- two people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, GM, talent buyer, uh, production manager, um, events planner, accounting. I mean, we were all because we all came. I mean, Bruce and I came out of that. Uh, it, it's a great training ground. We came out of there together, and it was uh, talk about fiefdom. It is uh, if you can run the knitting factory work there and handle it. It's a pretty um, a massive uh, instructional booklet on um, <laughs> you know, yeah multiple venues in one one space.
0: yeah, I mean it sounds I mean in, in one respect, it sounds like Kevin, like one venue where you've got more than one thing going on at a time, kind of cool, you know, a unique idea, but like having worked in the industry as much as I have, it also sounds like the seventh level of hell, having that much going on at one time and all those musicians to have to keep track of at one time. I'm a musician, I wouldn't want to have to keep track of ten of me.
1: I would leave the seventh uh, level of hell to Bruce Duff because yeah. he was he was the production, <laughs> was the production manager <laughs> Bruce, at that Bruce,
0: speak to us about Dante and the seventh level uh, of you hell. You know, it, it,
2: if you have a good staff, it's not so bad. It's A lot of it's just a matter of getting organized in advance. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, the funny thing about it was uh, because of the way shows were booked, you know, you're trying to meet this amount of money uh, for – you know, whatever anyone's guarantee is. So therefore you couldn't like, oh, I'm in this show. I think I'll walk over here and say I mean, I could, but uh, the person off the street couldn't. I always thought that was kind of a missed opportunity, but business-wise there really was no way to make that happen unless it was a festival in which all three rooms were working together anyways, and those were a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, on that, I I think some of the best times we ever had at the Knit was when you could open up the entire venue to a thousand people yeah. and have the same genre. Have like It's three, like a mini South by Southwest almost. We did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you'd have, uh, you know, like Three Floors of Sky, we called it because it came out of New York and sometimes it would be alternating 7 o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock and then yeah. round robin and that's when it would felt good.
0: It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and what... You know, I am I'm just as curious as anybody about this. Like what what how did this because the venue's no longer around, correct? Correct. So like, like what, what what met the demise of the knitting factory?
1: Wow, that's yeah, are a, you, are, do you a are, you li- do are you Are we have how many hours do we No, I'm at liberty to I mean, I'm the one who who had all the battles. You could google it and see the the war. Um you know, it was in a way it was ahead of its time when when the venue came out. It was a very difficult location. I mean, we were in a high very, overhead. High overhead and a very gang-infested location. Oh, my, Holly, my well, favorite. Hollywood and Sycamore, <laughs> the 18th Street Gang on yeah. the Block. I mean, we were the first, uh, we were kind of the anchor tenant to that community, and we were the first um, kind of big venue in the area. And, you know, the f- cameras that came in there were put there, we were like the training ground for uh, neighborhood watch cameras. Yeah. So A dubious distinction. Yes. Um, there's a lot of things that went on there, you know, high overheads, you know, just uh, trying to run it seven days a week all the shows running simultaneous very difficult landlord who wanted to turn entertainment complex into a retail complex and they paid the price for that because right. as we left the real estate market dumped yeah. that's my quick it's still yeah. still I, 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 I can show yeah. you the picture we weren't on on the radio of the I always love seeing the retail sign for lease up for two, lease, two yeah. and a half years later
0: you drive by pretty regularly I, I, just, I live right there you're
1: number one <laughs> <laughs> when I'm feeling down, I
0: drive. I yeah, drive. By makes the you thing. feel better about I, your situation. I walk right
2: by it on my way down to the boulevard, and, you know, I miss it in some ways, and in other ways, I, I don't. So I think now, we've gotten into
0: something. Were, were there actually offices there as well? I mean, other than that, that needed to be on staff. Like, did, did the whole
1: corporate entity have to move when that place went belly up, or or no?
0: Well,
1: I mean, it, it when it. Well, did we all have to move? Not all of us went with with the company. When I, I I mean, I shut it down. You know, Bruce was part of that. Some people went with me when we I, we actually went from there to the Universal building. But uh, yeah. all, but during the whole time we were there, we were we were upstairs.
0: Okay, that, that was my question. Was, yeah. it was before the, the corporate office was on that location, so you did have to uproot and move. Yes. the part of the company that still goes on from that location. Correct. And but you're, but no love lost with the landlord. It sounds like. No, no, yeah. So let's. Uh, that's that's. In what year was that? Like, and who was the last band to play at the Knitting Factory? Who was the last it was headliner? Ha- it
1: was Halloween of 2009. Hit and the lights. Yeah, there you go, Duff.
2: A, uh, a uh, emo type band. I, <laughs> I remember Mark Diamond from the Dwarves was doing Sound. And have you have you seen the uh, the little? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's an online thing where you can uh, each key of your computer can become a, a line. A vocal line from uh, Running With The Devil by yes. Van Halen. Yes, So every time... He had that hooked up, so every time... He's not going to get fired. It's the last night we're running. So every time the singer from the band walked up to say everything, he'd hit the button. It would be... Help! <laughs> you know, from David Lee. <laughs> All night long. It was torture chamber. Yeah, Hilarious. What are you,
0: you going to do, fire me? Yeah.
1: We fired him at the end of the
0: night. <laughs> he was probably happy. He was
1: Mark's uh, a good man.
0: Yes. Yeah. So uh, what... You know, we, we, th- this is a difficult road to hoe, this music business thing, but there's reasons that we do it. You know, you're from back east, you're from out here. What got you into this line of work? You said you started out as an actor. I you know either you're a musician. And we kind of talked about what got you into the business thing, but, like, who, you know, when you were younger, like, who inspired you? Like, what did you daydream that you thought you were going to be when you were in high school doodling on your spiral notebook or trapper keeper? I've stymied them.
2: Well, if you want me to go first, uh, I was in a... Out, right out of college, I was in a band uh, back in the 70s. There was something like The Tubes, and we made the rounds, were seen by every major label and the whole bit. And that was kind of where I was, and eventually moved here. Was, I played in 45 Grave, who were quite a popular band. And uh, when I got fired from 45 Grave for a lot of reasons, there was nothing for me to do. I had no job, I had nothing lined up. And also, sort of along the same time i'd I'd begun writing for magazines and i found a job uh as an editor of a magazine which led to a job in publicity and ended up working for a publicity firm that was across street from the uh the roxy in the 9000 building did that for about six years and then went to a record label that was one of my clients and did that for a decade that was triple x records and went from there to the knitting factory i've only had three music industry jobs and that's kind of how I got it. I sort of got into it by accident because yeah. uh, I was working in a guitar store as a teenager. And a guy came in that I knew and offered me a job as an editor of a rock magazine he was starting. I had no experience in uh, publications at all. I didn't even know how they were put together. And that was back in the day when they were actually physically put together. It wasn't yeah. done on computer yet. Yeah. And uh st- so all those things kind of fed together. A lot of accidents. Yeah, I've, happy accidents. Yeah, been, you know, if an opportunity comes along, you might as well at least look at it and yeah. see what it does.
0: And you, Morgan?
1: It, circuitous route to the music industry. I mean, I, I, I mean like I said, I, I was in the acting world, but I started as a musician as a kid. I mean, I, I had, uh, I had uh, been a trombone player, and I was trying to get into music and art. And I bombed my audition, ended up in performing arts. My, Like I said, my parents were actors, so they were like, well, why don't you try for the acting side? So I auditioned and got in yeah. that way. And then um, I kind of had my hands away from music for a long time. I was a big music fan, you know, uh, growing up in the 70s with Black Sabbath and all the, you know, Led Zeppelin and so forth. And then uh, got out of college and um, worked at a lot of bars and restaurants. And then when I came to L.A. in the early 90s, I got back into the music scene when I um, worked uh, as one of the managers at, at Luna Park on Robertson, kind of uh-huh. the, one of the small venues on the west side. And uh, that's really what got me back into the music industry on the venue side. Uh-huh. And that'd be the, you know, where it went from there is my hands were just back in the venue side, and then I just started to work through the venues. But I've always been a, a music fan, but I've always been an arts fan. I'm a, I am mean, I come from an arts family, uncles and fathers and mothers and grandparents, all artists and musicians and, you know, uh, as a kid, my parents were around, Bob Dylan and Crosby, Stills, and Nash up in Woodstock, and that's a whole other freaky story. But yeah. I was always
0: around it. Mm-hmm. So somehow... At a very high level, it sounds like. Not just like, you know, the local cover band.
1: No, I mean, like, when I look back, you know, Ad-Rock, you know, Adam Horowitz from the Beastie Boys is a buddy of mine from elementary and junior high. You know, I remember laughing when he used to get... Uh, they used to, their goal was to get booed off stage. So, yeah. you know, we... we um, High level, but it, it was, a, you know, as a kid, you're not paying much attention yeah. to it. So I always know it'd be in the arts somehow. Yeah. I just wasn't sure how. It,
0: and let's keep this answer short. And I've done the question here because I want to get back to some music here in just a second. But, you know, with this, you know, music is kind of an orthodox path. Like we, looking back at your folks, were your, were your folks encouraging of you guys in general, like in your particular families? Or were they like, don't do that?
1: Um, my parents have always been encouraging, so I, I can make that very short. They, As long as whatever you do, I mean, the old, they were whatever you do, as long as you're happy at it, I can leave it at that. I mean, it's a beautiful good. thing. It's great. It's good, good to
0: have supportive parents. And you,
1: sir?
2: My father
0: actually had been a
2: drummer and a singer in a swing mm-hmm. band, and it wasn't until he became very ill that I found out some of the things that had gone wrong with that and why he was very. Uh, negative about me becoming following a, a music path. However, at a certain point, they threw in the towel and said, "Well, I, he's going to do it. Let's be supportive." So, yeah.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know. And
2: then certainly when I got a job in the music business, yeah. Well, he's got a paycheck
0: with it. That's pretty good. So, yeah, you know. exactly. As long, as long as you're getting paid, man. Yeah. As long as you getting <laughs>
2: paid, parents love it. As long <laughs> as you
0: don't live in a box. So, this is another artist that's associated with you guys. This is Jack Littman, and I was checking this out when you guys sent it over in the like little pre-production pack, and he kind of he strikes me as kind of a a little bit of cake and a little bit of uh, what else did we talk about before? A little bit. Of, he's kind of a kind of cross, chameleon.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I uh, first saw Jack, I was I was. Tr- what, what's great about Jack is you can't really put him in the box, but I, right. I kind of always think of Nick Cave, Elvis Casella, although, although he's gone, kind of electronica. And little you, david gray little kind of neil thing. young little yeah
0: He's a yeah, yeah. he let it, it's it's like a bet kind of thing but somehow it comes off differently you know it's like a whole amalgam of different influences that kind of make up what he does and this is a track
1: from his this is his second record yeah this is the mixtape right which, yeah. Mix yeah. Tra- yeah. which track right. Right. this,
0: this track is called sinking ship that's mixtape. So this is track two from sinking ship from jack Littman on independence day Jack Littman on Independence Day. We've got mavens of a musical empire here today. Morgan Margolis and Bruce Duff from Knitting Factory Entertainment. They have a label. They had a venue, but they still manage venues. They book for venues in other cities. You said Tahoe and
1: where? Where else? All no, over. No, we own we uh, own venues. You own venues. Yeah. Even better. Yeah, we own venues in uh, Boise, Spokane, Reno, Brooklyn, L.A., and then we are we book into a lot of venues. You know you know, arenas and venues, but Missoula, Montana, the Wilma Theater, the Warsaw Theater in Brooklyn, um, those are kind of the venue plays, but then, like I say, there's huge tour plays as yeah. well. So
0: how do you find, you know, at this stage, how do you find, you know, new artists to work with? Like, once upon a time, you had the venue. You had hundreds of bands rolling through every week, and you could kind of pick the cream of the crop, which you know, I get I get ear fatigue when I hear a lot of bands. Even when I go to play on a on a show and there's four other bands in the venue, it, it like it wears me down. I don't know how you guys you know pulled it off for so long.
1: You know, i I'm, I'm gonna let you go after this, Bruce, but just quickly on that. Um You know, if you know on our management side, we only have a couple of artists. I mean, it was a bunch of these artists were found at the old, at the Knit. You know, that's where we got them in the LA-based and uh, some through Friends. But the label side, I mean, those guys really... We have a big label division in New York. I mean, they really run their their whole division. And uh, it's referral, A&R, stuff coming in. I mean, they're out there grinding it out, trying to find new artists. And now that we're growing stuff is coming at us all the time. I mean, bigger yeah. and bigger artists and we've got a lot of things that are going on. Um, uh, so that's kind of where we're at on that. I don't know and it
2: kind of grows organically too, not not to speak for them, but at it, it Partisan mm-hmm. Records, it's kind of become like a, a brand name, if you will, of, uh, and I don't even know what you would exactly call what it is they do. A friend of mine jokingly called it uh, rustic hipster, hmm. which I suppose is actually kind of accurate. But it's, it sounds very Topanga. Yeah, but but it's a, you know an East Coast thing, and mostly these Brooklyn bands, uh-huh. and uh, it's just kind of like where indie rock and Americana sort of meet. And I I hear a little bit of the old kind of like almost Buffalo Springfield, uh, you know that kind of stuff in it uh, Burrito Brothers type stuff but all these bands kind of tie together and I think they know each other and refer each other and it's uh, you know, a lot of interesting stuff from uh, Middle Brother, Mountain
0: Man. Oh yeah, Middle Dear Brother, Deer Tick, Delorean,
4: Holy I'm, I'm, Sons. I like the I like, I like the Dawes band
0: quite a bit. And speaking, good band, great band. They're local, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I heard about them by half. Actually, I heard about them from the. We were talking about listening to radio before, and how I tend to listen to radio from other cities. I I just prefer. There's a few stations I found as I'm in my travels, which I stream. You know uh, and this was WFUV out of New York City, mm-hmm. one of my favorite radio stations i 've ever heard anywhere ever and they I was walking around it was one of those moments where they I was listening I was streaming them on my iPod, walking my dog, and I heard this song, and it was one of those moments where i I, I had somewhere to go, but I stayed listening because they didn 't say the name of the band after that song they you know, sometimes the dJ will just skip to the next tune, and I listened until they said who it was because I had to know who that band was. And was a big fan. I mean, I've been a big fan ever since. So,
1: and Was that uh, Dawes or Middle Brother? It was Dawes. Daw- yeah, I mean, uh, the Middle Brother, you know, Dawes, Delta Spirit, and Deer Tick. I'm a big fan of that record. I mean, you know, I don't micromanage my label guys. We don't always agree on who brings and what. But uh, the Middle Brother record, not because it's ours, but I- I'm a huge fan of that record I played over and over again. Yeah, it's good. Well, you know,
0: drink, drink from your own bar, man. It's a good place to be. <laughs> so let's take a left turn. I mean, we've been talking about, you know, this is what we're talking about right now is like my bread and butter kind of music, like organic, folky, rocky, twangy. You know, if there's a pedal steel on it, all the better as far as I'm concerned. But this is another band that you guys work with. This is Primadonna, Donna, which sounds nothing like that. So I think I'm just going to set it up and let it roll, and we'll talk about it after it's over. So this is track one, which is Feral Children from Prima Donna on Independence Day. Good evening. You are listening to Independence Day on Lancer Radio. My name is Joe Armstrong. I am your host. I bring you music, I bring you music business, I bring you discussion of all those things. You can learn about us on the internet, www.joearmstrong.com slash ID. You can also find us on the Twitters and you can follow us. follow us on the Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Tonight, in our studio, we have Morgan Margolis and Bruce Duff from Knitting Factory Entertainment. And we've got next, we've got some music by one of their flagship bands. This is actually on their label, one of our artists. We call them Independence Day artists. We had them here on our show not too long ago, just to think maybe about three or four weeks ago we had jay souza and patrolled by radar so tell me how you learned of these guys i mean these guys are you know i'd say just, they're, they're almost legendary
1: in the la scene they told me they'd played a thousand shows um yeah originally at first thanks for putting them on a couple weeks ago a uh, huge fan of patrol by radar they were 50 cent haircut and they have been playing for about 10 years plus um and I, or how did I, God, 50 Cent Haircut, originally, I think down at the farmer's market is where I heard them, and I was a fan, and then we had them play Knitting Factory a bunch of times, and um, at the point that uh, I was interested, we didn't have management yet, and then as soon as we started the management company, I'd kind of been tracking them, and then time goes on, and then somebody handed me, a friend of mine, handed me... Uh, a CD again and I listened and fell in love with their record Be Happy and it had been independently released by them and I called up Jay because I knew him and I said I have to release your record and somehow we get into the management conversation after that yeah and, and, it's, that's and, it's,
0: and it's a fruitful arrangement it seems like I mean he's a great guy and it seems like you guys will do good things for them
1: they're all great guys I mean you know it's uh I think we're I feel like we're friends as well, are we, Jay? Um, you know. Jay, if you're listening. <laughs> Jay, that, if you're that listening. That was a plea. It's a cry for help. <laughs> Treat your manager as well. Um, no, I mean, I think they have a, uh, they're going to have a long road. Um, you know, we're going to get them on tour and uh, they just played uh, with Taj Mahal, actually, up at the Wilma Theater. In Boise. They were excited. Yeah.
0: They were just about to leave for that yeah. when they had them on. They were pretty excited about going up there and I mean, what a great town, Missoula. You know, I would I'd just, it's just, you know, I'm from Chicago. I'm not allowed to go to a place that's cold between like November 1st and like maybe May 1st. Like I don't want I don't want to see ice anymore. I feel like I've done my time. But I think I would I would go to Missoula any time of the year. It's beautiful there. Great
1: college town. Great good, college town.
0: Good time. And Bruce, do you have anything to add about Patrolled by Radar? Do you have anything to, to add on the icing on this cake before we roll the track from them?
2: Uh no, I don't think so. I think just from seeing them around myself as, as a band that, you know, rips up the clubs, uh they have a bigger palette than most bands, I think. I mean, they, they can go from, like, the duo, doing something very calm, very streamlined, to a pretty big rock and sound, and
0: cover it all very uh, confidently. Yeah. And I think it's the songs that allow it. And it's and it's fantastic, and it's, it's human character, too, because it's really exciting for me, as a listener, uh, to see a band maintain that uh you know they've had pretty much the same lineup but pretty close to it for a good while now and like you develop those relationships you play well together you know it's it's a harmony kind of thing and it's it i think it really shows up in their music you know it's it's a good feeling so let's play something from this this is the track carried away from uh their most recent record which is be happy and that's on knitting factory records this is patrolled by radar on independence day
5: Felines wailing in a pre-dawn exercise Forcing open both my eyes After sailing across the open water Into the desert sun I stumbled into the fray And the darkest day had begun I wouldn't want to be the president to want to be the pope. I need finances and residence, allowances for dope. In this one-time exciting offer, consolidated all my dreams into one. I stumbled into the fray, and the darkest day had begun. I know it's all the same to you everybody's looking for the thing they were meant to do I'll sit and sing a lonesome song until I'm carried away carried away One time exciting offer Consolidated all my dreams into one I stumbled into the fray And the darkest day had begun I know it's all the same to you Everyone is looking for The thing they were meant to do I'll sit and sing a lonesome song Until I'm carried away Carried away Until I'm carried away Carried
4: away and gone
0: the incomparable Jay Souza and his band Patrolled by Radar here on Independence Day That was that was from their track I'm sorry, from their record Be Happy We had them on our show just a few weeks ago And once the website has been completed And tested, you will be able to go back And listen to each and every one of these Independence Day shows We've had some amazing artists on Over the past several months And you'll be able to check out all of them And I will make sure to let everybody know when you can do that Uh, Tonight, we've got Morgan Margolis, Bruce Duff from Knitting Factory Entertainment on the show, and we'll be visiting with them in just a second. Uh, I want to make a quick announcement here. Uh, I am hosting an event in the Crawford Family Forum at KPCC, which is a beautiful room, uh, on 474 South Raymond. Uh, That is the Jam and Banter Show with leftover cuties and Nick... Bobetsky of Plaid Elephant Management. And we're going to have a live band. We're going to talk about a lot of the same things we talk about here in Independence Day, kind of the current state of the music business, you know, where it is now and where it's going. That's in the Crawford Family Forum, Thursday, July 21st at 7.30 p.m., live band, and talk about the music business with me, Joe Armstrong, your host of Independence Day. And like I said, we have Morgan and we have Bruce in front of us right now. We just heard from Patrolled by Radar. And one of the other things that we were talking about is that you've got this band or this this Fela. I mean, I'm I'm not wise in the ways of this. Tell me tell me what the story is with this.
1: Well, Fela is really the cornerstone of KF Records and uh, how we kind of relaunched KF Records. We have the entire catalog that we bought from another label and uh, it encompasses I I think 26 records. My, and, <laughs> wow, yeah, it's a lot of re-releases and a lot of vinyl and that's we, like that's like what is that is that six times the Beatles catalog. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> five time. times the yeah, Beatles catalog. Yeah, it's a catalog. lot. I mean, I mean, Fela Kuti was the father of Afrobeat. He is kind of the Bob Marley of Africa. I mean, outside of the U.S., he's, you know, millions of followers. He's also the father of Femi Kuti and Shayun Kuti, who we have their records as well now. And actually, Shayun is on tour. We just re-re- we released a new record with him. Um, we got involved. One of the investors in our company was a Fela fan, and we got involved that way. And then... We, be, you know, became one of the producers on the Broadway show, uh, Fail on Broadway. Okay. Let's uh, let's hear a
0: little bit of this. We'll we'll come back and we'll talk about it in just a second. So this is from Fela, which is an artist that is on it's on the Knitting Factory label. Knitting he's, Factory he's the, Records, he's correct. The, the the kingpin of Fela, of, uh, of excuse me of Knitting <laughs> Factory Records. Fela on Independence Day. Let's roll with this. <laughs> This is Fela. We're going to talk over this because tell me, I, I wasn't wise in the ways of this Afro. Afro pop. That's what Afro beat. Calling. Afro beat. Sorry. I feel like such a Luddite when I talk about this stuff. Tell me tell me about Afrobeat beat. He's, he's like the kingpin of this.
1: Were you going on Afrobeat? Uh, yeah, you
2: know, sure. it kind of started early, early 70s, late 60s. Uh, as far as him taking off and kind of starting his own thing, a big band. In a way, sort of influenced by James Brown and funk and soul and kind of one chord jamming, pulsating rhythm music, but with an F af- more of an African type infused beat. Plus, Fela, uh, you know, was a freedom fighter in an even more over the top way than, say, uh, Bob Marley. Uh, uh-huh. he's, he's definitely from where he's po- from where in Africa from, is he was from? Nigerian, Nigeria. polarized his country and his. You know his fellow citizens against the government, against the police uh, raids on the compound, 28 wives. I mean, I'm just hitting a few touchstones. It's a crazy story, and uh, you know, it, he's it's a one of a
0: kind, completely unique, unbelievable tale. And Knitting Factory owns his catalog. That's correct. So, and now, I mean, is he is he's like a legacy artist? I mean, is he still garner a significant amount of sales?
1: Well, in the U.S., it's, you know, never going to be what it is in, in Europe, you know, worldwide, Asia. Um, but he's starting, you know, when we had the Broadway show going, the sales were really moving along. The, the show's closed, and hopefully while the show is uh, touring worldwide, uh, sales will, you know, pick up again.
0: Yeah, and you were telling me before, the tell me about the Broadway show. Like, that seems like a whole different animal to get involved with, because they've got their own infrastructure.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were involved as producers. I mean, we did a lot of the marketing and a lot of hands-on stuff but you know you know as a financial backing and um you know just getting getting factory blasts and backing it and pushing the music but yeah will smith and jay-z were producers as well um took ton it took eleven tony nominations and um a tremendous show i mean it was really tough show to sell on broadway you know yeah. uh, you know uh, it's uh americans have strange musical taste i mean even as compared to canadians
0: i think i mean i've, I've been a big fan of a lot of canadian bands over the years i, I don't know if it's just that they're op- more open-minded or what? Or it's just that we're so used to being told what to listen to by the powers that be. I don't I don't know what it is, but it seems like Americans were so compartmentalized.
2: But that's a very Broadway is a very uh, good avenue to kind of expose people to something that yeah. I mean, just you could see Green Day on on Broadway now and just you know, Lieber and Stoller things that might have not gone that way in past years are now there. Certainly fella fits into that, too. But. Uh, and and i think as that show moves around the country moves around the world probably become a movie at some point People are just going to learn more and
0: more about this guy's music and and dig into it further and deeper. Who's going to play him in the biopic? Is this going to be? Is it too? Is it too? Is he too? Is is Forest Whitaker too big to play this guy, or is this going there, to be there, more?
1: There is a biopic on the table. Yeah, I, I can't really say who's going to play him <laughs> at this point. But it, but it is, I've it, stumbled
0: it, across the truth. We, we, no, we.
1: we're not. Honestly, as any factory, we're not involved in the biopic. I mean, I'm yeah. sure we'll be involved in the music. Looking forward to the licensing on that. But it's. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be a tremendous. Uh, um, yeah, who's uh, what's his name like? Uh, I'm, I'm blocking who can't who can't play because he's been in uh, already enough biopics.
0: Oh, who played Ray Charles? Yeah, it won't be him.
1: No, um, who's in Ocean's Eleven and uh, all the uh, what's the what's that actor? I'm blocking him right now. Anyway,
0: I to me I I'd get him confused with Tim Meadows, but from Saturday Night Live, but it's not the same guy. It's, no, uh, it's
1: not. But it's but it's
2: we, the guy from In Living Color, Jamie. Uh, no, no, no. no Jamie, Jamie Fox, Fox is the I'm one who played
0: Richard Charles no Oce- we're, no we're talking o- about. The Ocean's Eleven o- guy. Come on, Victor, help us out. Everybody's blanking. Oh, we don't God. know. Well, I'll, I didn't I'll, see the movie. I'll have to yeah. put this when the website goes up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can look L- it up it. for you.
1: He's not the guy that I know. But I'm saying that he's been in every biopic, so we'll see what happens. Yeah,
0: well, he's the guy, who wasn't he in Hotel
1: Rwanda? Yes, he was. He's been in a million movies, and I love this guy. I don't
0: know why I can't think of his name right now. This is a terrible thing. This is why we need interns here at Independence Day. You're of
2: Terrence
1: Howard, are you? No, it's not no, Terrence no. Howard. No, no, but he's, a, he's there's a good one. There's a good we one. You could go
0: down the list. Yeah. So, all right, so let's do this. We're, we've, we're almost out of time. Give me, you know, look into your crystal ball. The music industry has changed so much. Tell me where we're going. Like, what's, you know... L in a handbasket. Yeah, well, that's that's a, that's a valid Chicken answer. Chicken farming. Going on? Chicken farming. Where are we going? Uh, <laughs>
2: it's nice that I think the cornerstone of our business, although we're into everything... Is that it's it's live music because no matter what happens and who knows what's going to happen, human beings still like to go somewhere and see other human beings actually stand on a stage and make music happen.
0: You can't put that on an iPod, and it's that's something that's always going to be of value. Uh-huh. and people are still. I mean, obviously, you guys have got this business. It's the cornerstone. People are still willing to pay. Yeah, yeah. I mean
1: the key. The key. Is that for us in this, in this business, I mean, obviously you see, you know, executives fleeing all the labels that, you know, like, uh, you know, flees from a dog. But it, it's, we have to keep costs down and um, be very careful about, you know, everybody in the, in, I can speak for our company, you know, where Bruce's management and marketing, I mean, we all have our hands in numerous areas. You cannot overspend. I mean, and, and the reality is that the bands themselves, and that's why so many of them are on tour. It's they're, they're, the records are not selling the way they were. You know, you have a, a small echelon at the top that are pumping them out, but the rest are selling it as merch at the shows. Um, and vinyl's big again. I mean, the Fela, f- thing, that's what we're talking about. Thing. Fela, I mean, that's where we've had some hefty vinyl sales. I mean, that's where the autophiles are coming out. But, uh, you know, us, as since we we work across the board with, you know, touring and so forth, I mean, we see the amount of acts that are on tour because they're not selling you know, their the record. So I think we just have to be very smart about who's on our labels and um, keep the cost down and pick the right music. And I think, you know, everybody in our team uh, has has a good ear.
0: Now, when you, you know, because, you know, you're, you're working with these artists on your label, when they do internet sales, like is is the same kind of deal in terms of your cut as the label or how does that? Yeah, so it's it is. Essentially, essentially,
1: I mean, our deals are really straightforward. You know, I, I, um. It's not uh, like an abacus. Uh, I, I laugh at some of the old spreadsheets that I'm looking at with sound scans and the way the financials are put. Especially coming from the operations side originally. So when I look at a label breakout, I it's it's even even the guys in the label can't break it out after. Byzantine it. is what the word is. I think Byzantine is a good word. Um, Bruce, I'll turn to Bruce sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, gets you, a bit complicated. It gets ridiculous. So I, our deals are kept very simple, and we're not raking the artists over the coals
0: yeah so and what's the future for knitting factory what are you guys up to next what's the what's the you've diversified so much already look what else can you get your hands into I where where's say, the company I going said
1: it chicken farming laundromats and no uh, where's the company going um, you know we've expanded a great deal over the last couple of years I mean right now you know I, I am looking at a couple different things like I said we just brought on film and television um, management. And that's not just for actors and producers and writers. It's also to get our music as licensed into into the movies, because there's another, where's the area? That's the other area, licensing yeah. and publishing. Um, With an infinite number of
0: channels, all those shows need music. Yes, they do. But they all don't pay yet. Yes.
1: You know, I, I think to um, keep a very stable, happy, um, maturing company and to uh, to hold our own in the markets that we're in right now you know all all those tertiary markets and to just you know the economy has been very tough and uh to just you know keep one step ahead that's really you know that's really what I'm trying to do and to keep diversifying if we're going to get our hands in something else then, you know I always believe that each unit should be able to handle its own overhead.
0: Yeah, and I'm and who knows what's next? I'm sure something else is coming down the pike. I mean, Google Google wasn't Google ten years ago. I mean, it's look at them now. Look at Facebook didn't even yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, even, we,
1: we got a couple things going on. I can't bring up on the air. I got, yeah, you know, again, we, got we got our hands in there. T-
0: talk to the lawyers.
1: Talk to the lawyers. As I don't li- uh, there's something else in there. I do not like talking to lawyers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, that's what I, I say it often though, man. I wish. I wish. I, I mean. I'm not sure if I've got the constitution for it, but boy, do I wish I'd gone to law school. I see a friend of mine gets bills sometimes, four hundred and fifty dollars an hour, and I am not at will to say what. Four fifty—that's pretty good. I would—I am not at will to say what I would personally do for four hundred and fifty dollars an hour. It is probably obscene.
1: I have—I have dealt with a massive amount of legal where I sit and. uh, I still sometimes think I was there was that was a part of me at one point I was going to go to law school that I should just go to like some online law school just to have the degree because I deal yeah. with it. You
0: know? Yeah. Indeed. So let's, let's end on a slightly lighter note. That was a, that kind of a little jolt. Like Downer. A, that was like a jolt of reality <laughs> there at the end, which is, you know, we, we got into music because we love music and because it's music is life. So uh, one thing I try to do every week on in Independence Day is tie in the end of the interview music to something that has to do with my guests here today. And I send out the same question every week. What... Did you listen to growing up? Like, what totally got you off on music growing up? Or what what song or artist do you listen to that you might be embarrassed that you do? And uh, both you guys sent me stuff, and they were all great selections. And sometimes if it's more, if it's more than one guest, it's like there was a guest in here, and they both kind of unbeknownst to each other said the same exact artist. So ah. that, that, that choice was easy. With you guys, it was a little more challenging because, like, the obvious choice was the Iron Man choice because it seemed like you, you brought that up, and then it's close to one of you put Deep Purple on there, too. That I was remember? me. That was you. Yeah. Yeah, big deal. Uh, but I had to go, the, the funniest story that you sent me, this is a short thing. Yeah, I think you know what I'm going to pick. <laughs> I do. Which in seventh grade, uh, Morgan, you got dumped. It's so funny to think of getting dumped in seventh grade. You got dumped by a seventh grade girl when you yourself, I would imagine, were in seventh or eighth grade. Victoria. Victoria. So this goes out to you, Victoria. I mean, we're not going to play this. I have some closing remarks to make. But the song that comes up after this, this is Morgan's dedication to Victoria. So. Thank you both gentlemen Thank you for coming All the way to Pasadena Spending your time I really do appreciate it It's been a wonderful conversation Come back and see us sometime And send us some other artists You know you guys Have got a lot of artists In your roster. We'd love to have them On the show Thank you so much
1: Thank you Thanks for having us It's been great Thank you very much
0: uh, Next week on Independence Day Maxim Ludwig And his tremendous band The Santa Fe Seven Will come here to show us What, uh, what Bruce Springsteen uh, Isn't doing anymore Thanks to Morgan Margolis And Bruce Duff From Knitting Factory Entertainment Also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski. Also to Valentino Rivera and engineer Victor Cornejo from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Be good to one another.